Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave Greco. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk AEW and NXT, especially two promos, AEW with MJF and a career-defining promo on Dynamite last night, and then Keith Lee, your champion, with some fire on NXT last night. We talk about both and the directions that both MJF and Keith Lee are going. Also, we have another amazing interview. What a week of interviews that we've had on Busted Open. Now we have Gallows and Anderson, the Good Brothers, talking about their worst pay-per-view of the year coming up on Saturday. All that right now on the Busted Open podcast. Right off the bat, we don't have to talk about it right now, but I'm going to tell you, last night, the MVP of both shows is MJF, and nobody is even close. Yeah, I mean, and let's, you know what, let's start there, because there's a lot, first of all, Bully, I mean, I thought two newsworthy shows from AEW and NXT, there's a lot of things that went on, and you're right, you know, when you look at the things that went on in AEW and NXT, you could have started today's show anywhere and it would have been fine but you mentioned mjf and i thought mjf had the promo of his career so far this guy has done some amazing things you know we had a heel poll a few weeks back with with uh tommy dreamer and you know when people were giving their top five a lot of people were mentioning mjf as not only one of the top heels right now but one of the top heels in decades when it comes to the world of pro wrestling. But, man, did he have one hell of an MVP night last night for AEW. Last <clears throat> last week when you were out moving, I don't know if it was on Wednesday or Thursday, me and Tommy got into this discussion of heels based off of, you know, you, what you guys were talking about also. And Tommy's talking to me about how he believes that Jericho is a great heel. And I said, I'm sorry, Tommy, I don't agree with that. I said, when Chris has to be a heel, he's a good heel. But Chris is entirely too entertaining across the board for me to ever truly hate Chris Jericho. I never come away saying, man, I hope Jericho gets his. I hope somebody punches Jericho in the face. I hope somebody makes Jericho bleed. I never get that with Chris. Not that Chris doesn't do a great job. He's just, he, 
He's funny. He's witty. He's goofy. He's grumpy. All of these things about Chris entertain me. So I could never sit there and just ride the one emotion of hatred with Chris. MJF, completely different story. That little prick comes out and he is, he oozes hatred from the minute you see him until the minute he leaves. He never deviates from the plan. And the plan is go for the jugular and make people hate me every single second I am on television. That's why I sent out the tweet that I did last night. MJF makes me want to kick him in the face. And I'm smart to what's going on, Dave. He's able to take my knowledge and push it to the side and get under my skin. And that's, that's an art form right there. He, at his age, to be so good at what he does... We talk about he's got a great future, how, 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 you know, how good of a job that he does. It's almost scary. I hope, I hope that we haven't become, my, my concern for MJF is, I hope we haven't become too sensitive as a wrestling community that MJF really can't put the pedal to the metal and do all of the things that we want him to do. But if last night is any indication, I mean, and coming off the coming off with Dean Ambrose, what John Moxley said on our show about scripted promos, and then what we get last night from from uh, from MJF. Listen, that was scripted, but it was scripted in the mind of MJF. Yeah, and you talk about his age. MJF is twenty four years old. Think about that. He's twenty four. So when MJF is at that podium last night, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to be here for another 25 years. It's because, Bully, he is going to be there for another 25 years. When you're 24 years old and you're able to, I mean, it's unbelievable. And part of that's part of the reason why I hate him so much as a man who's 49 years old and see the, this condescending, like you said, prick in front of me, kind of taunting that the fact that, hey, Listen, old man, you're on your way out, and I'm on my way in, and I'm going to be here for a long, long time. Truer words were never spoken when you listen to MJF. And to be this good this early, I can just imagine what he's going to be like 10, 15, 20 years from now, Bully. Whether I saw MJF in his, in his situations with Cody or whether I see him last night, MJF never makes me laugh. He never makes me smile. There's, yeah, I might laugh and smile and snicker in the back of my head because I'm saying this kid has it. So it's almost like, um, you know, being proud to see such a young guy who gets it because there, there aren't many 24-year-olds in the wrestling business who get it in the ring like MJF does. I don't know if he gets it outside of the ring. I haven't been around him enough to know that. But I know what I see on TV. This guy gets it. You want to talk about knowing your role? You want to talk about knowing that being a cool heel is not a smart idea? Dave, how many, how many times over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, do we see heels that want to be cool? Oh, my God. Every heel wants to be cool. It's very, I, I can, there's more examples of that than, than examples of heels that actually want to be hated. 
Are heels supposed to be cool? No. No. I mean, that that might be a very old school mentality, but when I whittle when I whittle wrestling down to its bare minimum, it's about the good guys and the bad guys, and it's about emotions. And the two emotions that command pro wrestling are love and hate. I want to love somebody. I want to hate somebody. I don't believe in shades of gray. Yeah, good guys do bad things sometimes and bad guys do good things sometimes. But I don't want my bad guy to ever do something good unless that good is leading to a monster baby face turn. I want my bad guy to be bad at all times. And MJF is a douche nozzle prick at all times. And it's working and it's clicking. And I loved what he had to say because he was able to get under, I think, everyone's skin. Listen, AEW, we talk about AEW and things about AEW that frustrate us, right? But their fan base loves it. You know, that 18 to 49 demographic that they're leading in and crushing it on Wednesday nights loves the way that AEW does things. And he took a shot at all those fans that love that AEW style. He talked about the flip, flop, fly, and almost die. He talked about that. Like, the the things that you love... I'm going to turn that around on you. He he was able in that promo, Bully, to get over my skin, under my skin, your skin, and then also the 18-year-old that's watching at home. And the 24-year-old kid is speaking like a 42-year-old veteran. He's basically calling everybody in, in uh, AEW a bunch of spot monkeys who working for the pop and chasing the hug, isn't he? Yep. He's basically telling the entire roster, you don't know how to work. Which is what you get from a lot of veterans when they look at the product. I believe I can look at that product objectively because I understand what they're trying to do. And if you go by a ratings point of view, for the most part, it's working. Because, yeah, they're winning the Wednesday night ratings thing aside from a couple of weeks. But are they truly getting the rating that they should be getting right now? Well, we're going to see week after week after week, you know? it's uh, it's it, it, They have a long road ahead of them when it comes to improving their rating um, on, on the already decent rating that they're doing right now. But man, when, when you listen to this kid talk, he sounds like he's been, he sounds like an old soul in wrestling. You know what I mean, Dave? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know how they soul. call people, you know, it sounds like he's been hanging around grizzled veterans for a long time, smoking Marlboros, drinking whiskey, and just just spitting hatred. And that's, it's a gift right now. Like Randy Orton, we talk about heels right now. Randy Orton, Randy's a really good heel, right? Yes. But do you want to see Randy Orton get punched in the face? No, because you, you've been you're, you've been with Randy and you've taken this ride with Randy for decades now. You feel a little bit differently for Randy Orton. You almost like appreciate what he's doing weekly on TV. And I think that's where the Jericho thing comes in. Also, it's hard to hate Chris because you appreciate him so much. It's easy to hate MJF. I don't have anything to appreciate. I haven't been on a ride with him from the day he stepped foot in AEW. He told you, I'm better than you. I'm better than everybody. I'm going to talk down to you, Cody. I'm not going to respect you. I'm not going to respect your father. You're all a bunch of spot monkeys. You're all working for the pop. This entire company is beneath me. And when I I get when I get that from the beginning, 
This guy set the table for everything. And this goes back to the discussion that we're having on Tuesday, because you're not going to see MJF on social media say, hey, that's just the role I'm playing on Wednesday nights. But I'm really not like that. You know, you know, he's not using his, you know, another moniker, you know, on his tag on social media. He's not playing nice like, you know, hey, don't forget, book me on this or book me on that. He's not doing any of those things. The person that you get on AEW Dynamite is the same person that you get on social media, which is the same person you get, Bully, if you met him in person at StarCast. We had him in studio. I saw him at StarCast. There was a bunch of people around, including like, you know, Alex Metz, our former producer, and Mother Marissa. And I went up to him and I was just like, hey, MJF, how are you, man? I just wanted to say thank you for coming in studio the other day. Appreciate it. He turned around. He goes, fuck you, LaGreca, and walked away. So that person that you see on Wednesday nights is the person that you get any time that you see MJF. And now you're scratching your head about him because you're like, wow, I wonder if he truly is this much of a jerk. And if you're confused and if you don't know whether or not he's that big of a jerk, you're going to always hate him. And you're right. He's not going to take the social media or do any of those things. You know, I almost tweeted last night after MJF's promo. I wonder if he's going to wait three minutes to tweet that he was only kidding about everything he said. Summer is time to start prepping for your fantasy football draft with Fantasy Sports Radio. Touchdown, Atlanta! And this year, it's also time for fantasy baseball players to do the same. It is Listen for expert advice to dominate your fantasy football and baseball drafts. Will Garrett Cole be the first pitcher taken? 12 strikeouts for Garrett Cole. Now celebrating our 10th year, bringing you the best fantasy sports radio on Sirius 210 XM87. Now, Keith Lee, not only is your champion on NXT, but man, one thing that we've talked about with Keith Lee is that he needed a little bit of fire. When he was on the microphone last night, Bully, it sounded like Keith Lee, Keith Lee had a lot of fire behind his words on NXT last night. He had more fire behind his words, absolutely. And this is one of the uh, points of contention for Mark Henry when it came to Keith Lee. I've been saying the same thing, and I think you've agreed with the both of us that we need to hear some bass. We need to hear some bottom end. We need to hear some fire, some fury, some piss and vinegar. What pisses Keith Lee off? Um I thought last night was better, but I don't think he's there yet because I think he was still, I think he was just laid back Keith Lee who was pissed off a little bit and cursed a couple of times. Dave, when you're really, really pissed off, do you stand in one position and in one spot? No, you kind of, flail and fly yeah. around and come out of your your own self for a minute right you're only you, you when you're really really mad think about it if you've ever been really mad at home or gotten into an argument with a friend or whatever you're really mad you're all over the place i know i am to see keith just standing there with his two feet planted and too composed for me I want to know what Keith Lee looks like in real life when he's mad. Like, imagine Karrion Cross did what he did to a family member of Keith Lee. And now I want Keith Lee to, rea- Keith Lee to react like that. 
Go ahead. I know you want to say something. Yeah, because as you're talking, and this is the way I felt last night, and I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think there's some there's certain degrees. We know Keith Lee. We interviewed Keith Lee. He's, he's laid back, man. He is definitely chill. And that was not like what we saw last night from Keith Lee during that promo. And as you're talking, you're right. I'm wondering <laughs> if we would – stop it, Demi. There's a bear. Demi liked the promo. No, damn it. There's a freaking bear outside the house. I got a bear. I, right I, I don't know what I'm wearing right now. I, I, where did I move? I mean, you're in the woods. Anyway, I know, but I'm, 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 I'm looking at a bear as I'm talking to you. you. I just got an alert on my ring doorbell that there's a bear across the street. And you got a bear across the street from your house? No, it's not across the street. It's right there. <laughs> There's really a bear outside your window? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's not directly. He's not like he's on top of the window like this looking in. But, you know, Blow we have over. about an Blow acre of woods, and there he is running around with two cubs. Call him uh, over. Wait, wait. See if he wants to come on the show. Yeah, we'll get him on Zoom. Yeah. I mean, good job, Demi. One bark is really going to scare the bear. Appreciate it. All right. Anyway. Keith. Anyway, Keith Lee. Um, but like my dog, like, you know, my dog's not going to go crazy just one second. My dog's laid back. So now it's a little upset because the bear is far away. But if that bear was up close, maybe my dog would be going nuts. Keith Lee, maybe if Karrion Cross was in the ring with Keith Lee, maybe we would have gotten that Keith Lee that you're describing. It's almost like it's certain. Like you just even mentioned, like if something happened to a, a friend of Keith Lee's or a family member of Keith Lee's, like I am just happy that we got a little bit of fire at all from Keith Lee. And I know it's cursing, but I didn't get it. Like he was cursing just for cursing's sake. Like he, you know, what is very un WWE like is to talk like people really do talk when they're in a real life situation. You know, Mustafa Ali on Monday was not talking how Mustafa Ali would talk in a real life situation. The pauses he took, the, his cadence, that's not the way people talk. But, but Keith Lee last night, I was like, you know what? That's the way Keith Lee probably talks in real life situations. It's amazing how on NXT we're getting more personality and how people really do talk than what we see on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. It's crazy because, you know, like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You heard one thing, I heard another. I think Keith Lee was talking like a normal Keith Lee, just a little bit more pissed off. I don't think that was the real life version of Keith Lee. That's what I like to see. I want things so real. I want people talking to each other like they would be talking to each other in real life. Remember when Edge and Orton first got off the ground with, with their angle and I said I could see that con same conversation happening in a car with them driving down the road? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to feel, not just from Keith Lee. I want to feel that from every performer. That's the level of realism I think pro wrestling needs in 2020 and moving forward. If the curtain is so far pulled back, well, then make me unpull it back. Close it. People were bitching and moaning about the whole Carrie Sane situation like, oh, we know it was a week old and we know this and we know that. Yeah, people are entirely too smart to everything. So if fans are so smart to everything, it's up to the performer to make them unsmart. It's up to the performer to make fans question what they're seeing. Is this, I know it's a show, but 
man, he sounds so he sounds so realistic. Like, I'm not sure. That's what you have to have fans doing. Scratching their head, saying, I'm not sure. When you hear MJF talk, you're not quite sure. Because I could see him walking into Tony Khan's office and saying everything that he said last night to Tony Khan's face. You know what, and, and Bully, this is where, like, you know, on uh, again, the conversation that we had on Tuesday, and I kind of said, are we that far gone now as fans of pro wrestling that the curtain's been pulled back so much that you can't go back? We're you know, The toothpaste is out of the tube. And you know what, Bully, from what you're saying, the answer is no, it's not. You could get back to that place. All right, maybe it won't be the same place like it was 35, 40 years ago, but that doesn't matter. You could still get to that place. And I think the, the shows last night are an example of that. You mentioned MJF's promo. But, you know, like the Bronson Reed vignette that I saw on NXT, where you're seeing the real-life person. You know, he talked about his wife and what his wife did for him to become a professional wrestler. He talked about his road to get there. Hey, you know what? If that's the realism that we're getting from pro wrestling, then I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. As long as there's some realism, I, watching Wednesday nights, there's some hope for the future when it comes to pro wrestling. I don't feel that way when I watch wrestling on Mondays and Friday nights. Here's my example of realism and how realism works when you see it from day one. When Eddie Kingston walked out last week with Cody Rhodes, was Eddie real? Yes. To me. Did you believe? Yes. Did he make you believe in everything he said? Yes. Did he make you believe everything that he did? Yes. And did you scratch your head for a minute and think to yourself, holy shit, Eddie Kingston might actually beat Cody? Yes. Did you ever scratch your head last night and think Warhorse could win? No. And there, I, there you have it. There's where real believability comes in. And we'll get to Warhorse and Cody whenever yeah. you decide you want to talk about that. But Eddie is real. MJF is real. You get this level of realism from the beginning where, yes, we know we're watching a wrestling show. Yes, we know we're, we're, we're watching sports entertainment. But they make you take a step back with their words, not with their fists, with their words, where you actually say to yourself, holy crap, this Eddie Kingston's a bad son of a gun. He might actually beat Cody. Or, holy crap, this MJF is a prick. I hope John Moxley dumps him into a pool of barbed wire. I could care less if John Moxley backdropped uh, um, Kenny Omega into barbed wire. It's just a, it's a crash and burn spot that makes me go, ooh. I would love to see Moxley backdrop MJF into a pool of barbed wire because you want to see MJF get it. You want to see him get his ass kicked. You want to see him get his, what he's got coming. That's, that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Kingston is somebody legit, is a scary dude. Like, he's a scary, he's a badass dude that you would not want to mess with. MJF is somebody that, because he thinks he's so entitled, and he thinks as, like, a 24-year-old, he knows as much as somebody who's been in the business for 25 years, and the way he can get under your skin, you hate him. Now, you hate both guys for different reasons, but that doesn't matter. 
But you know what? Again, it, you're not you're not saying I hate this person because I don't like his work rate or it's go away heat. And, you know, I'm tired of seeing this guy on my TV. That's not the reason why you hate these guys. And after watching NXT last night, Bronson Reed is somebody that now I want to cheer for. I want to get behind Bronson Reed. I want to I want to watch him wrestle and I want to watch him succeed just from that two and a half minute vignette that they showed on NXT last night, bully. They made me care about Thick Boy. I want to see him win. I want to see him succeed because I'm emotionally attached to him, not his moves. That's the whole that's where the whole conversation comes in about spots and moves and this and that. You don't want fans emotionally connecting to a move. Anybody can do a move. We're learning that more and more with Canadian destroyers, DDTs, diamond cutters. Anybody can do a move and fans can pop for that move because it's just a move. I want people to be able to pop for a wrestler who just stands in the middle of the ring and doesn't do a damn thing because now you're into that performer. You're connected to them emotionally. And when you're connected to a wrestler emotionally, you'll respond even better to any moves they did last night i did respond better to keith lee i liked the edginess of keith lee but i felt i still felt like it was in the scope of the performance now you just gave a great analogy dave your dog walked in into your studio and demi barked because she saw a bear now the bear was across the street if the bear was in a room in your room, Demi would probably be going crazy and in defensive dog mode, right? Yep. So you know what? In a way, last night, we got Keith Lee's first bark. We've never heard Keith Lee really bark before, have we? No, we haven't. So that was, I, I like that, that, that comparison you made in that analogy. Last night was the first bark. Maybe I would have just liked to seen a little bit more movement in the ring than just standing there stoically. But for the most part, good step forward, enjoyed it. I want to see that. I want to see the badass that I know is brewing inside of Keith Lee. The Ock and Barack Show. Mr. Roy Jones Jr. and Iron Mike Tyson are going to get it on. It seems like this is going to be a big, big fight, even though these guys are in their 40s and 50s. Also, these guys probably had the biggest egos in boxing, hands down. Those egos will come into play at some point throughout that exhibition. Now, are these guys mature enough to control themselves? That's a question that needs to be answered. They're going to have to answer it that night. The Ock and Barack Show, weekdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. Saturday, August 1st on Fight TV. How about this, Bully? Talking shop a mania coming up. It's being billed as the worst pay-per-view ever. So right there, I'm intrigued to see what this is going to be like. So to come on to talk about not only hey what we're going to see. Hello, sir. Not only we're not only going to talk about what we're going to see on Saturday, August 1st on Fight, but also the podcast, also their debut on Impact Wrestling this past Tuesday. Let's bring in the good brothers, Carl Anderson, Doc Alice. How are you guys doing? Man, we are great. I love coming on to a show where you plug the worst pay-per-view ever, Talking Shop of Mania, right out of the gate. That's why, out of the 80 media inquiries we've had this week, we called you for this show because I knew it was going to kick ass. First out the gate, and finally, it wasn't the first question, wasn't, why did you get fired? What was it like getting <laughs> fired? Was it embarrassing being fired publicly? Why didn't you guys leave in 2019? <laughs> 
Are you guys idiots? <laughs> well, I got to I got to be honest right off the bat. And this may make this a little bit different. I could care less about any of those things. I just want to no, talk I about what's it, taking place on Saturday, I love August it. 1st. And here's why. Okay, when you bill it as the worst pay-per-view ever and you had these oh, vignettes yeah. that you've been posting on social media as well to get you intrigued about what's taking place on Saturday. So I really don't know what to expect on Saturday. So maybe, you know, first you, Carl, if you could, like, just talk about what we can expect as fans on Saturday night. L- literally, the, the, you know, talking about it, the second we got released, Gallows called me and said, guys... I'm running a pay-per-view in my backyard with or without you. And I went, <laughs> hold on. Is that, is that your way of telling me I have to come and help you? And it yes. was, and I, and I go, what do you mean? What are we going to do? He said, well, I'll tell you one thing for sure. We're going to do the main event is going to be a boner yard match. And it's going to be Chad too bad versus sex Ferguson. And it's going to be in a graveyard in my backyard. I've got lighting and it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be in a complete parody pay-per-view. And I went, I'm down, bro. And then he bought a hearse. He bought a hearse for $3,000, and he's got a hearse sitting in his front yard. He's trying to think of ways to get insurance on it and trying to explain to Listen. people why he has a hearse in his front yard. Hey, Bully's loaded from the great runs he's had over the years. You looking to buy a used hearse, good brother? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's phenomenal. I mean, just hearing about that idea right off the bat, the talking shop, I mean, I saw the coming attractions for it, and you're right. It looks like the worst thing like ever, but I was popping yeah. for two minutes and 20 seconds watching the coming attractions. So I'm looking forward to seeing something that's so god-awful that entertains yes. the hell out of us. Where did the idea come from? Like, how long ago did you come up with this and how did it come to and how did it come to be man i'm sitting there in the sitting there in the sauna and i get off the phone with carano and i go you know uh you you can't come off of doing this great cinematic thing being a part of it a co-main event with the undertaker and aj styles because of the way the world is they have to do a cinematic match it's going to go down in history and i'm like man if we don't spoof this we're missing a hell of an opportunity because you know our podcast is lighthearted. it's laughing it's all this bullshit all the time Uh, So this is a key opportunity for us to, you know, there's social unrest going on in the world. We're in the middle of this pandemic. A lot of people going through a lot of stuff, you know, as wrestlers, as entertainers, that's what we love to do is to entertain people. Uh, So then we started thinking of what else to put on this thing. We got a social distancing battle Royal. We got a nineties tribute segment. We have a, we have a briefcase in a tree match. Uh, It's ridiculous. And, And, but I want everybody to know, this is to make you smile. It's not done out of disrespect. It's none of that. It's a parody of what we know and love professional wrestling. If you can't laugh at yourself, then I don't think you're a great entertainer. I hope everybody will enjoy it Saturday night. It's, it's kind I mean, of like yeah. uh, it's spoof wrestling, just like spoof movies, right? Exactly. That's what Carl made. Take it away, Chad. We're, we're, we're losing the brother. Yes. I, I think what he's going to say is I'm, I'm a, I, I made a good point like I always do because I, be, I have to be the reason. I have to be the reasoning of this. Of this. You always have a, a partner that is a businessman and this insane like madman. You got to have a guy to go, hold on, hold on, pipe it down, good brother. Relax a second. So, like, I mean, just, just, just to be able to have guys like the flock. I mean, we got D'Lo Brown coming down to the ring. We've got Teddy Long hanging out at Gallows's, at Gallows's backyard, man. The Rock and Roll Express were there all day from 8 a.m. And, like, we didn't even ask them to be there until noon. 
And they were there at 8 a.m. because they just want to see the brothers. And Ricky Morton's telling us all day, man, I'm telling you, this is something big, man. This is big. And Hoots, and Hoots telling us how great this thing is. I mean, just sit back, have a couple beers, have some CBD oil, whatever you do. Relax yourself. Get your brain to where you want it to be and have a good time. Do you think like you kind of uh, threw a swerve at people? Because like I know for myself, I'm like you know Gallows and Anderson, they, you know they're gone from the WWE. You know they're, they're badasses. So we're gonna see the first time we see them, it's gonna be in this hardcore New Japan, you know, strong style match. And instead, we're gonna see the worst pay per view of all time. I mean, was that the intention? Is to kind of say, listen, fans, there's more to us than just that. Yeah, I think we needed a creative outlet. I think it'll give us some layers. And I mean, you know, transferred into the talking about impact, it kind of goes hand in hand because it's been a breath of fresh air over there creatively. They don't hand us a two page script of lines of things we wouldn't say. They go, go out and say what you guys would say. And uh, it's been a it's been a refreshing feeling. So I think talking shop of mania was just us blowing off some steam and trying to make people smile at, again, what we all know and love. And that's pro wrestling. You know, yeah, Bully, yeah. I guess it I guess it truly is a two-page promo because everybody that we have on <laughs> talks about the two-page promo. You know, you know, here's here's the thing. You know, we opened up and you know, you guys talking about, wow, it's great to talk about our pay-per-view and not what happened over there and all this and that, but it's crazy. This week on Busted Open's been really interesting because we had Eric Young on, we had EC3 yep. on, we had Moxley on. Um the the running thread is the things that go wrong while you're in the WWE. <laughs> and, you know, when you hear the same story from a bunch of different people, you got to start accepting it for, you know, taking it for face value. Listen, I never had a problem over there. I have nothing but great things to say. Things went right sure. for, for me and my partner. They never really went wrong. But for you yep. guys, listen, just talking to you now for five minutes, I can already tell you're the you're the guys that I know and love, not the miserable pricks you've been for the past two years. So yeah, this has to be a, that breath of fresh air. It has to be refreshing. But when you leave, it's kind of like the weight of the world is off your shoulders, isn't it? Man, yeah, it, it is. You, it you know, we we said we said the stuff that we were going to say in that shoot interview deal. Got it out there. No reason to harp on that. It's rearview mirror stuff now, but to say the weight of the world's off our shoulders, 100%, man. Uh, we feel better. I feel like we look better. We just, uh, we're in a better place mentally, you know? So it, it's been good. It's nice to know that like, you know, you don't have to see the meeting break and all of a sudden you hear that Michael Hayes has buried you five times in a meeting for some, for no reason. <laughs> you don't even know why. And it's like, hold on, what, what was the... What was the reasoning for that? I thought we were cool with you, Michael. Like, well, you you got to at least come tell me why you thought something sucked. So, it's, right. it's, it's, so to be out of that toxicity right now for me has been a, a really big breath of fresh air. And, and you know us, Bubba, man, like we, we are fun, loving, lighthearted guys that enjoy uh, having fun and being creative and being funny and, and having our own kind of comedy anyway. But like, so just to be able to do that on top of being involved with Impact right now. And Impact is giving us an our is giving us our, our wrestling, uh, just, you know, we, we love to wrestle. So we, that, that's, that gives us that. But on top of this, we get to do this ridiculous stuff with Talking Shopamania and hang out with the Rock and Roll Express all day and have beers with them all day and produce a wrestling show. And it's just, it's, it's been really fun. So we're going to see you. Obviously, we, we got you back in, in Impact. Are you guys also going to be working with New Japan? Absolutely. Yes. 
Yeah, that we, was we, that really got, was that really important to you? Very important. No, so important. It's actually written into our contract that that we can go to Japan specifically for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and in, Impact's being so amazing that they'll even you know because everything for them is basically taped besides live pay per views that they can even you know we can even finagle the the, the dates around to to ensure that we can get over there to New Japan when they are open and ready to start rocking again. That was huge when Scott Demore, you know, he was pursuing us aggressively. And that was, that was a huge thing for us. Yeah. Just to be able to, to go to new Japan pro wrestling is, is that's bad. That's number one at the end of the day, but impact was so unbelievable with their offer and, and wanting to have us there that we had to go. So why were they able to lure you away this time as opposed to last time? Read the stories, know about it. You guys and AJ, Dixie's house, yada, yada. You walked out. You didn't feel it was like the right situation. But now you said Impact courted you and you felt like they really wanted you. What was different between the two situations? Uh, well, you know what happened the last time is WWE called. That was it. WWE called. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and it was right right after we had left Dixie's house, WWE called. Maybe they got wind that we were there. Uh, you know, I don't know how all that works, but they called and they courted us just as well. And it was like, man, th- we felt like at that time we needed to go to the WWE. And I think these last four years, you know, we built our name as, as, as high as we could in the WWE. And, it, and, it, and I think it paid off. Yeah. Let me add, oh, good. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. Please continue, Doc. Oh, all I was going to say was just, you know, just to reiterate it once more was Scott just, he came at us the right way. We knew the management was different. Um, I had been in TNA before uh, when Dixie was in charge and it was, it was just a whole new group. Like we didn't know Don Callis, uh, our initial conversations with him talking about creative ideas and stuff like that. We got a great vibe from him. Uh, We went and met Ed. So uh, everybody, it just, it felt like the right move. And then when we got there and, and right out of the gate, they honored their word to us. Uh, You know, I popped huge for the fact that they're dropping graphics for our ridiculous parody pay-per-view on the television show. And then, you know, this past Tuesday night running our commercial spot that they even helped chop up to fit into the show. Um, That just feels like you're playing on a team that you want to wear their hat because they're wearing your hat. It's, it's been really good. So it sounds like, Doc, that, you know, there's a big difference between the TNA that you were in before and the impact wrestling that there is now. So like with the WWE, you were at you had two stints with the WWE. Was there much of a difference between the two stints or is it basically the same? Um, Well, I've said this publicly before. We were sitting in a room in uh, the Tokyo Dome Hotel, which which Bully knows well. Um, And it was AJ and his wife. It was uh, me and my parents and Carl and his mother. We had brought our families over for our last Tokyo Dome. We go, we got to take a vote and really decide on this thing. Uh, Who says yes to go to WWE? Who says no? And I voted no, got voted down two to one, which was actually the the right move. But the WWE I remembered and the WWE I went back to were a lot different. And I think it was just, um, I was older, more mature, and it was just a different, younger locker room and stuff. And we, we had a lot of fun with the boys there and, uh, and enjoyed that part of it over the four years. Now, Carl, with, uh, with, with, you, with oh. talking, I just want to ask about, I wanted to ask another question about talking chop mania. So, um, 
I almost got a feeling of like uh, uh, like uh, seeing you guys do your own thing with this backyard spoof wrestling. It kind of felt like with Matt Hardy with Final Deletion and all of the stuff that Matt Hardy did was so successful and one led to another, which led to another. Um, with Talking Shop Mania, is it a one-off thing or if it goes real well, will you spoof other things that are going on currently in the business or would you maybe take some things that happened in the past and spoof them also? Sadly, we're yeah. It's just, uh, real quickly, sa- sadly we're hearing we're hearing word that there's the pre buys are starting to come in for me, and I'm going, oh no, like this 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 is going to be possibly successful, and that means Gallows is going to want to have to do another one, and, it, and I'm going, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> he he literally writes and goes, guys, it's going to be a success, so I'll give you a week off, and then after that, we're starting planning talking Top of Mania too, and I was like, I mean, it's fun as that'll be, but this has been insane, man. He wrote back, F you, man. And I was like, well, he'll get over it. You know, I said, once you get that pay-per-view check, you'll be happy and we can play the next one. So yeah, I'm not yeah, a promoter, man. I'm just one of the boys, you know, <laughs> I think it's fun <laughs> to spoof current and past stuff, you know, and, and laugh along with it. That's, that's part of the fun of, of what we do. So it's cool to be able to be serious and kick some ass in new Japan to have a more serious layer over on impact. And then, you know, it's almost like the trailer park boys of pro wrestling. When you talk about talking chop mania. Well, well, bully as 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 a, I'm going to sound like a 49 year old man here, but it almost sounds like they're the Mel Brooks of wrestling. Like as soon as there's something <laughs> successful, you come up with a parody of it. I, I'd be fine with that, bully. Uh, like I said, the two minutes or 20 seconds I saw on social media, it looked like everything that I would absolutely despise. And I was right. laughing the whole time. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, I have to watch Talk and Shop a Mania because I want to be entertained and I want to laugh. So all the boys that were there, they were totally in on it. They wanted to do everything yep. that you wanted to do. They knew your vision and they were all on board. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Everybody was on board with it. And we actually, you know, you talk about Matt Hardy, who I think is kind of like the father of this cinematic stuff. Uh, We sent Matt like a a copy before it was finally edited at the Boner Yard match. And he wrote back and just went, boys, this is hilarious. I feel like you wrote it for me and the boys to pop for. And I was like, well, if that translates to the audience and the fans as well, then we have something here. So I hope. (laughs) I mean, we, we, we sent, we sent a link to the, to the young bucks and like, they both wrote back just there said, they said, guys, this is un this is unbelievable. They're losing it. Watching the, watching the Boner Yard. And there's so many inside, just inside things that the boys get and then smart wrestling fans will understand. And, yeah, and I think a lot of people we booked too were coming were coming to the show, coming to Gallows's house, and they had no idea. They're like, "So what? Do we need gear? Like, what what do we need? What do we need?" And we're just going, "No, you don't need anything." Like, we we had Mike Mike yeah. Bennett and Maria come, and they they were there all day, and we just needed them for a couple little things that like we didn't they didn't need to bring their gear. They didn't need the just just be have fun, be creative, and like just just do anything you want. And then Maria ended well, up doing really cool things. She did great. You know, it's Mike, funny. Too, Mike, Mike, did, Mike was amazing. Mike was able he to, was, you know, laugh at himself a little bit about spoof, what he's gone through. Spoof what he's gone through, too, which was really cool. But, I mean, I lost what I was going to say there. I had it. I don't know. <laughs> I talked over you. You did. Well, it doesn't matter because Talking Shop Mania on Fight TV this Saturday, August 1st. You can pre-order, but make sure that you definitely watch it. Make sure you watch it because, Bully, on Monday, 
you and I are going to talk about it. So if you're listening to bus, <laughs> if you're listening to Busted Open Nation, and you're you're a member of the nation, and you're listening, we're going to talk about this on Monday. So do your homework and watch. I'm sorry, Shopamania. I have a funny feeling we're going to have a different critique and breakdown of talking Shopamania <laughs> than we would a Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I mean, there's a hundred percent. There's a time like freight freight, like the three of us, me, Rocky and Gallows are on, we're on commentary and freight train does a double clothesline. And we start good, laughing. Good. We start, so fucking hard. Dude, do I need to say more? We're laughing so just, hard. We're laughing so hard at just the setup, man. It's, I it's, get a voicemail it, I, I like I get a voicemail like every other month at the Team 3D Academy and God, <laughs> God bless them. Freight train. Hi, Bubba. Just calling to say hello. It's Freight Train. Just won't let you know I'm doing well. I love that guy. Well, he, he's, he's a big I star. I get I get the same one, but he still thinks I'm he go, hello, fast. This this Freight Train. <laughs> you, you know, bully, it's funny. You said that it, it's gonna be way different than a Monday Night Raw, but it's being billed as the worst pay-per-view ever, so maybe it's more going to be like Extreme Rules that we We're saw. We're admitting it. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, yeah, no. at least there's no false advertising well, on this one. Hey, I, I removed a man's eye on social media this week to prepare for the Boner Yard match, so anything's possible. Hey, uh, obviously you guys are going to have a blast with this Boner Yard match, but how was it being involved in the Bone Yard match with AJ and Taker? Oh man, it was, it was epic. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we felt bad out of the gate. Like, man, these guys would have such an awesome match in front of 75, 80,000 people. What is this going to be like? But then you have two of the greatest to ever do it in AJ Styles and the undertaker. So what they created, I thought was magic. And for a situation where I don't know if there was a regular WrestleMania and you showed that on a, on a Titan Tron, to 80,000 people if they would have had the same reaction. But for the time that we're in, I thought it was a masterpiece. It was great to be involved in. And uh, we said this before, but how tough is Taker still to this day? Like he does that deal at the beginning and he smashes the window of the hearse and his arm is just laid open. And, you know, we're shooting this thing all night long and he doesn't stop. He doesn't receive real medical attention other than cleaning it up a little, holding a towel on it, go to the next shot do the shot arms bleeding everywhere again clean it up put a towel on it go to the next shot it was uh it was awesome man we had a lot of fun being out there and being a part of it for sure yeah and i'm not saying that we earned undertaker's respect in the boneyard or whatever but i think that he saw that we were there all night we were working hard we were selling for his stuff and we were a lot better than a couple of those druids that almost knocked his ass <laughs> over a couple of times <laughs> But like it just just to be out there, like yeah, at end of the day, right? It's, it's it's being involved with the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and then being able to be involved with AJ Styles as, as great as he is, it was uh, it was nothing but awesome, awesome. Well, Taker says at one point we cut, and he goes, "I think some of those druids need to go back to summer school." And that's <laughs> biggest pop out of the boneyard was him saying that. Which I, I think I think the druids were so terrible that that made Gallows and Anderson seem like actually good workers. <laughs> You got to book those guys, guys aren't so bad. Mania too. Well, trust me, when you see the social distancing battle royal, you'll know that we flew them in for it. <laughs> well, we, we, we'd love to have we'd love to have Bubba on it. I just don't think we could afford him at this point. We don't have that kind of budget yet. Dude. We got to work this thing up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, we can talk. We can talk. I'm, I'm sure we'd have some fun for sure. Oh, I, can I promise you, what, you we can have some book, fun. If you book me versus Lagreca, I'm there for free. 
My deal. Don't please don't tempt us with that because it's already. Booked <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what. If it's if it's a social distancing match, I'll tell you right now. I'll I'll kick his ass in a social hey, hey, distancing Bubba. match. Bubba, can Damn can right. Gallows fly? Can Gallows fly you spirit like he did Enzo? Hey 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 hey. <laughs> You flew me spirit, bro. You thought I wouldn't notice? Hey, you know, Enzo takes a lot of shit, guys. A lot of shit. I've been an Enzo fan from day one. You guys worked with him. How entertaining is that little bastard? Man, he couldn't have been better at this thing. It was uh, it was hilarious. When you, he has a great cameo, not to give everything away, but a great cameo in the boner yard that we didn't even really set up. It just it just happened that way. And I, I laughed so hard we had to cut because he's, <laughs> he's Enzo. He's entertaining as hell, man. He just, that's him. Yeah, it, you know, and, 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 and honestly, like, we, we beat him up so many times on Raw and on live events that, like, I mean, we beat him. We really beat him badly a lot. He, he <laughs> yeah. took it all, man. <laughs> like, he always, t- always took it all and took it in stride. I remember one night he goes, Hey, how about not so many bumps tonight in the heat ski? <laughs> my back's a little, my back's a little sore. So of course it's a four-way tag. And what do we all do? Suplex, suplex, body slam, every kind of suplex we can think. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Huh? I thought I told you. Doc <laughs> <laughs> well, does a good Jersey accent. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So wait, Dave, Dave, let me ask you this. Do you, have you ever heard of this guy, Sex Ferguson? Yes. I'm not quite sure who Sex Ferguson is. Doc, who is Sex Ferguson? Yeah. Sex Ferguson, buddy! Yay! <laughs> Professional wrestling legend. I can't use my colorful language here on Busted Open, but you'll see it this Saturday live at Talking Shop Mania, buddy! Yay! <laughs> it doesn't go out any better than that. <laughs> I'm glad he kind of curved the language, even though this is satellite radio and you could say anything that you want. But as my dad used to say, you want to keep a little in the condom because you want people to watch the pay-per-view on Saturday I love night. Your, I love your dad. Yeah. I, yeah. Started out in, I started out in Gloucester City, New Jersey. So that's where I learned the Jersey accent. You also worked with Enzo so many times. You just so you many can't, times. You can't not talk like him after you've been right. around him so much. Jeez. All right, so I, I really want to talk about your guys' relationship because I'm just guessing that, you know, as much as you're the same, you're very different as well. You know, I could just tell from this interview uh, because Doc has com- continually stepped over you, Carl, when you tried to talk. Yep. And, and yep. then also, Doc is doing it from a vehicle where, you know, Carl, you're doing it from a professional studio. So talk yeah. about your, you know, it's, uh, you know, one respects and one doesn't, but I digress. So one, uh, you know, so, so talk about your relationship how you're the same and how you're different. And I'll start with you, Carl, since you can answer so Doc won't step on you. Well, you know, usually because the funny thing, it's funny because we will, he's talking over me here today, but but the good, that's because he's driving and he's got his video recorder on. He probably shouldn't be, and he probably shouldn't be on FaceTime while he's driving. But, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the back of my own truck, thank you. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> and of, course, of course he has a camera crew on him. Like he, he thinks he's the rock. Dude. Let's not forget that. It's true. Wow, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> see? see? Listen. Hey, I'm, I'm on my way to a booking, brother. Gallows, Gallows is one one of the most fun-loving, sweet, kind-hearted, kind-hearted guys in the whole world. But let's not ever get this twisted. He thinks he's the coolest motherfucker <laughs> walking the planet. As you can tell by, as you can tell by our debut and impact, as we're walking down, so cool. 
he slips at the bottom of the ramp because he's wearing fucking cowboy boots. Like, well, those those bastards shouldn't have oiled up the ramp. That was actually the debut of the no hand crotch chop. I'm gonna get it over. <laughs> you know, we're we're so much alike. Like people told us we, we would we would get along, and, and literally they put us together in New Japan. Like uh, Hatori, Hatori put shows me a video. Uh, he, he the guy that books uh, talent in New Japan. He goes, "Hey man, this guy good worker. What you think?" And I watched it and I go, yeah, he looks like he, he was pretty good. And he goes, yeah, maybe they make you tag team, huh? And I was like, whoa, hold on a second. Like, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good on my own. I don't, I'm good. I don't know. I don't have a big singles run in the future here. And like they, they put us together and we realized we, we had a good match at Cork and Hall in Tokyo. And then we went out for beers that night and we probably drank about a, a hundred of them. And we laughed so hard that that was it, man. That was December of 2013. We've been on the road together for seven straight years. Um, that's the problem is I think we're so much alike. It's that it's uh, it's it's like one, 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 I guess one good thing about him is he has such a such a quick trigger being the big guy of the group <laughs> that I'm able to come in and kind of like calm the big brother down, you know. And what All about right, you, okay. Doc? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're like an old married couple, to be honest with you. It takes one to balance out the other. When I go off the rails, he's usually the one reeling me back in but i'll see him you know six times a year really lose it or do something really fucking stupid and when i have to step in and be the voice of reason that's when we know there's a big issue because normally it's me so when he steps out of line i have to become the enforcer for him or step out of a sticky situation or whatever but it's very rare he's pretty much of the duo i'd call him the straight man even though in a normal duo that would not be the case but in this wild ass pairing that we are that's how it works out and it's it's good for me it keeps me balanced we get along very well speaking of an old married couple a serious question here what was it like working with devon as your producer <laughs> <laughs> we got nothing uh, but love for devon brother. We, uh, we love devon yes we all do yeah yeah we just we love <laughs> devon i'm glad i'm glad he's not he didn't get furloughed did he no, no, uh, he's no, 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 he's he'll good. be there. He's golden. He'll be he's there. Gotta, for, he's he'll gonna be, there be working forever. for he's gonna be working until he's 80. That's what I told him. He just won't stop having children. He's the most fertile brother in the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> just, love having, just, just loves having babies. Just yep. loves new babies. Can't get enough. <laughs> Can't get enough of newborns. <laughs> God bless. And I guess if he didn't get furloughed, I guess they didn't fix the glitch yet. So we'll see that what happens. Uh, um, talking Shopamania, August 1st, Saturday, Fight TV. Make sure you order. Hey, listen, I'm saying it right now. It actually means something. We're the number one sports talk show here on Sirius XM. Nice. So we are going to talk about this on Monday. So I want the nation to do their homework. Please watch Talking Shopamania on Saturday. Bully and I are going to break it down on Monday. We're going to talk about it, so if you want to be a part of the homework assignment, definitely order it, and hopefully that gets me booked on Talk Shop of Mania Part 2. Everything I touch turns to gold, so you definitely want to book me. Bully, we'll be watching, and I can't wait. Guys, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll be talking about you on Monday morning. Hey, thanks Very for having much. us, man. Yeah. Be thanks, easy guys. on Monday. Enjoy. Yeah, See quick, you down the road, quick. brothers. Please Money! drink beers before. Money! Thanks, brothers. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open.
podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.